Welcome to the Amy Rushworth Show. I'm your host, Amy. I'm so glad you're here. I'm an empowerment and sexual wellness coach, breathwork teacher, podcaster, course creator, badass bitch, and a globally recognized thought leader on empowerment. And I'm here to help you if you're ready to fuck off the rules and create a life of unashamed, unapologetic pleasure and deep, deep confidence. I have a burning passion for the taboo and naughty areas of womanhood that we're not supposed to talk about, such as sexual wellness, bold self-expression, defying social expectations, and so much more. The topics that we're typically taught to shut up about or be ashamed of are the conversations I live for, and those are the kind of juicy, soulful chats that are going down on this show. My intention is for you to step into your most outrageously free, unapologetically expressed version of you. So if that sounds like a vibe, let's fucking go. Are you ready? Hey, Sarah, how are you? Hi, I'm good. Thank you, babes. How are you? Really good. Thank you so much for coming to talk to me today. So excited to dive in. Can you introduce yourself to our listeners? My absolute pleasure. So my is Sarah Thomas. I am a Kiwi girl. Originally, I was born in Queenstown, New Zealand, um, and I've been traveling the world most of my life. I now currently live in Bali, and I'm an astrologer. So I study the stars, and when I was younger, I wanted to be an astronaut, actually, because the stars in New Zealand are so bright and beautiful, it's impossible to not be fascinated with them. Um, and unfortunately, I didn't get to pursue that dream in this lifetime however the stars sort of found me in their own way and I've been reading for people from all walks of life for the last few years and it's just an incredible way to to spend my days and the world of astrology is is fascinating and very insightful so it's a very rewarding place to be and I'm so excited to be here talking to you about it. Amazing. Well, I feel so lucky that I got to meet you and have an incredible reading with you in Bali when I was there recently. And it was just so beautiful and amazing. And I really got the sense that you were channeling and really intuitively reading my chart. And it it was very evident that that's a real gift for you. I would love to hear how you... (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) I would love to hear how you got into this because you mentioned it was a few years ago that you started. So what led you yeah. down the path of astrology? So I think what led me down the path of astrology was really following my own heart. And I truly believe when we listen to our intuitive knowings and when we follow our gut instinct, even if it doesn't make sense to our mind, then our entire soul's purpose is there unfolding as we go. So I kind of threw myself into the unknown. Um, It's actually about seven years ago now. A lot of circumstances in my life were changing and I was speaking my truth and following my heart and it was terrifying for me because I'd kind of been raised to be this person that was um, slightly people-pleasing and very nice and following the rules. And one day, you know, and you can actually see in my personal astrology chart when this happened, I just thought, I can't do this anymore. You know, I really, I really want to live my best life and I'm not here to make other people happy. And 
this is going to suck, you know, copying the, um, I guess the judgment and the opinions of, of, you know, people who are stuck in some of the traditional belief systems, but I just went, I'm leaving my job and I'm going to go and travel. And, and, um, I, I was a singer before and I, I got some, some singing contracts overseas, which was really nice. And I ended up in India and I decided to stay there for actually for like three to four months. It was about three and a half months. And I was traveling alone and on my journey, I was on this whole soul discovery and I came across this very beautiful little crystal store in Rishikesh in India. And they were offering $10 astrology readings. So I had one and I sat in this little concrete room with this Indian man called Pratik and he was adorable and we'd never obviously met before and he knew nothing about me and I gave him my birth date, my birth time and my birth location and he proceeded to tell me everything about myself and it was so accurate and mind-blowing. Um, I cried the whole time. It just felt so amazing to feel seen, I think especially after going through a transitional period where you know, you're really just trusting the universe, but the sense of unknown is huge. To have someone sit there and clarify everything for me um, just felt like so much support from, from the universe. So that touched me so much and resonated with me so much that after that, I decided to stay in India and actually um, look into the stars and find out more about this and study it. And it became an obsession. And it then became a tool that I used to help myself navigate my own life's journey. And, you know, naturally and organically, as things do when they're meant to be, I started helping out friends when they needed assistance. I would look at their charts and then they wanted one for their mom and their sister and their cousin. And then my business just became a business on its own accord. And I really do feel like that that is how things happen when, when they are meant to be and when we just surrender. But if you had have told me 10 years ago I'd be living in Bali as an astrologer, I would have thought that you were dreaming it's it's very interesting how sometimes life just takes over oh, I love that story so much I think as well when you're going through a dark night of the soul or a spiritual yeah. awakening or you're trying to find your purpose a yeah. lot of people want to have that path mapped out and they want to know how it's going to happen but yes. that saying of like trust the timing of your life really yeah very true isn't it like you were just in the right place at the right time you had that reading and something clicked and then it so led to the next thing and the next thing. And you can't forecast that stuff looking forward. It's only looking back. Yeah. Oh, it makes sense now. That's so well said. You, you can't, like, we can't predict our future. And, you know, we can, you can come and have a reading and I will guide you on energies and that can help navigate us. Um, and that's sort of why I think I, I really resonated with astrology because I was like, okay, this is one system that can help me navigate all of this unknown. And it certainly did. Um, but otherwise, we, we really are sort of, yeah, just going through, feeling our way through each moment in time. And that was the best period of my life, honestly. When I was so in the moment, it was certainly confronting and um, a little scary at times, but I was so in the moment. I wasn't living away my days, you know, in a structure that wasn't serving me. I wasn't um, taking myself away to numb myself with, with drinking or just trying to distract myself from my reality. I was just sitting in my reality because I had to, it was so unknown that I needed to be present to actually figure out where I was putting each step, one step at a time as I, as I went through it. And it led me here and, you know, I'm still on the path now, but 
I'm connecting with beautiful souls just like yourself and um, it's incredible. It's, it's so nice to have conversations that are full of substance and uh, connect with people who are conscious and, and, and also searching for this depth and this incredible um, energy that we have available to us in life. And prior to that, prior to this journey, I was living in quite an ego-based environment. So I felt very disconnected and extremely lonely. And I used to always question, is this it? How can this just be it? It can't just be it. Um, and it's not, you know, there is so much more and so many layers of this incredible place that we live. And when you discover them, it makes everything seem worthwhile. Mm. Mm. I couldn't agree more. So for some of our listeners, they, they might know their sun sign, you know, their zodiac sign, but yeah. they might be going, what do you mean? What's a chart? Like what's an astrology chart? Like I think yeah. a lot of people know their horoscope and they read it in a magazine, but what yes. is the astrology chart and how can it guide us, whether that's to be more confident, whether that's to have some faith and some trust or um, even just an awareness of certain things that we need to watch out for or things that we desire. So where do we sure. start in explaining that? So when we look at something like the moon, for example, the moon has such a huge impact on this planet. It, it turns the tides, um, you know, with crops and gardening and everything. The moon is, is this big satellite that has such a huge impact and effect on, on this planet. And the animals know that and our bodies know that, our bodies sense that, but we haven't really been educated around it. So we just go about our business, but females, their periods are synced up to the moon and we're made of 75% water. So of course we feel the impacts of, of the moon and in a full moon, you can notice yourself feeling more sensitive, you know, and it's illuminating things. So that's just one planetary body in our solar system, which is very small, that has a significant impact on each one of us individually. When we look at our entire galaxy and our entire solar system, there's some planetary bodies there that are hundreds of times the size of the moon. And of course, you know, we're all interacting here. All these different planetary bodies are interacting in this perfect divine system. This is impacting us also, not only the moon. So each planet has a different sort of character and, and a different role that, that it rules in our solar system. And, and Mars is very masculine. It's very fire energy. It's very driven. And even when you look at the astronomy of Mars or just, um, you know, even just graphics of Mars, it's very barren and very dry, you know, and then Venus is, is, is all gas and it's a soft planet and this is very feminine. So some genius, thousands and thousands and thousands and hundreds of thousands of centuries ago, figured this out and has been teaching this for years. And so that is astrology. So when you're born, that specific moment that you come out into the world and you're born, you're essentially like this beautiful little sponge that soaks up the blueprint of all these different energies in the sky. So if you're born on a full moon, then the moon is, is making a big impact on you when you come into the world. If you're born on a new moon, then it's, it's this, this essence of being someone who's starting a new trend or coming through to bring through a new message. Um, and again, it's just the moon. So you kind of absorb, it's like you're this little sponge and you take on 
all the energies of this, these different planets. When you have a reading with me, we look at where all of these planets are at the time that you come into the world and astrologers like myself can see you know in a chart what specific areas of that chart mean and represent so it can help you go okay well my moon is in the first house therefore my body is very sensitive and my body weight fluctuates a lot i'm not going crazy this is actually something within my life's journey in this lifetime so you get a huge amount of self-awareness and that's just one example of of one specific way that it can be read but the planets help us to understand ourselves really well. And then we can also look at how they're moving and currently changing now to see how that's affecting you and affecting where your birth placements were. And it's quite esoteric and it can sound quite confusing. Um, but how the planets interact with each other is sort of navigating the energies that you can expect. So that's how we do forecasting and horoscopes. And just if someone has a question, we can look at, you know, if it's a love question, we can look at the planet of love and see where that's sitting for them. And if it's in a difficult area of their chart, you know, then, then I'm very honest. And if it's in a really lovely, thriving, beautiful area of their chart, then that's exciting. And we can talk about that. So, Again, everyone is very different, but it's all dependent on where all the planets in our solar system are located at that time that you come into the world. Yeah, and it's the exact time you come into the world, right? Yes. Like the to the minute. And that yeah. determines your rising sign, your moon yes. sign, your sun sign. So yes. For example, let's use me as an example. So my sun sign is Leo. That's my star mm -hmm. sign that I know. My rising yeah. sign. Virgo and my moon is in yes. Taurus. So yes. explain how these um, different energies influence who I am and what I do. Sure. So each planet has a role to play um, in, in life, in your life. So the sun is your personality, it's your ego, it's your identity. And that's why a lot of people just read their sun signs when it comes to horoscopes, because it is the biggest, if we look at the astronomy of the sun, it's the biggest in our solar system. Um, so Leo suns, you know, again, there's a lot to explain here, but Leo is a fire sign and it's all about expression. So it makes sense that you're doing what you do. You're expressing yourself. Leo is ruled by the sun. Each specific zodiac sign has a ruling planet where it belongs. It's, it's kind of home space, so to speak. So the sun is at home for you. The sun is very happy in Leo. It's a fiercely loyal energy very friendly, very warm-hearted and very expressive. So that is you and you're here to express yourself in this warm way, which is what you're doing. The moon is more your deep emotional self that you don't necessarily share as much. It's more that deep, deep, deep part of yourself that's that's right in there in, in the depths. And the moon is also at home in Taurus. So you're very lucky. These are two, in astrology, this is called exaltation. So the moon is exalted in Taurus. It's really happy to be here. Um, and Taurus is very fertile ground. It's an earth sign. It's all about fertility. It's quite feminine. And it's also about manifestation, very grounded earth energy. So this means you, you have this capacity to kind of plant seeds in this fertile way. You know what you like. Taurus is the five senses. So it's sensuality, it's beauty, it's food, it's wellness. The moon is your emotional self. So when we put that in there, you're very discerning about what you like. 
Um, <laughs> you know, you want quality and, and you know what you want and you know what you like and you appreciate it. And it also keeps you quite grounded emotionally. Um, it's a grounded sign. So you can be quite together. You keep yourself quite emotionally together with this energy. Then the other thing is as well, the moon can represent the mother. So when the, the moon is in um, Taurus, it can show a relatively healthy relationship with the mum as well. When we look at your rising sign, this is Virgo. The rising sign is a little bit harder to explain. This is also called the ascendant in astrology. This one comes down to your exact birth time. So the other planets, the sun and the moon, they are, when you're born, you know, it can be any time in the day that they are in those signs. So you can still have sort of half a reading if you don't know your birth time to get a specific reading and to to have like a, a guidance and, and a horoscope and forecasting we do need that specific time but the rising sign is determined by your birth time and it's basically the minute that you were born what was happening and where was what energies what zodiac sign was was really thriving um and it's like a node it's like an angle here and virgo is also an earth sign so this is another sign that is helping you to keep your feet on the ground earth signs are responsible for manifesting for anchoring energy if we don't have any earth in our chart we can have all the passion and beautiful creative ideas in the whole world but we don't actually know how to anchor them and and bring forth those energies and experiences in our 3d reality so you've got these powerful earth placements so virgo ascendants or rising women um, they're very good when it comes to this tangible reality and being scheduled and being on time and having things done really well the right way. Um, it helps you analyze things with, with this eye of, of detail, which is excellent. Virgo people can be a perfectionist. And I know we discuss this a lot in your reading, especially in the first house, it's the house of you. So you're quite, um, you know, you put a lot of pressure on yourself. And again, you said you've been working on it and you're, you're kind of on the journey now, which is amazing. But one thing I do find with, with Virgo people is Virgo rising people, women especially is um, they put a lot of pressure on themselves to be perfect. And as we talked about, perfect, perfection is, is not um, attainable. <laughs> yes. Perfection is the death of you. <laughs> yeah, and I resonate with that. I have a lot of Virgo placements. I think any Virgo client will go, oh my gosh, that is so me. And no matter how good we get things, we want them, you know, we kind of like, it has to be a little bit better. Um, so yeah, that is, that is the three sort of strongest placements in a chart. But we also... We, I use something called a whole sign house system. So that kind of divides the chart up into sections and each section is a theme. Um, so then you can get really specific because not only is your sun in Leo, you can also see what house it's in, which is what area of your life it's in. We can see what how it's aspecting other planets or how it's interacting with the other energies going on. And, and so that creates a very specific um, soul reading for you. Yeah. And I think that's what I found so interesting when we had our reading was that it was so specific and something new that I learned from you that I had no idea or awareness about before was these uh, North and South nodes. So yes. can you explain yeah. and feel free to, you know, use examples if you, if you need to, um, what is the North node? Like, what does that mean? And then what's a South node and how do they relate to each other? Yeah. So I love, I love looking at someone's North Node and South Node. It's so interesting because it really shows us where you're at on your journey. 
Um, and when we have eclipses, it's between the nodes. So eclipse season is between the North Node and South Node. And just to explain what that is, it's basically like an, an angle. Um, this is very esoteric. I, I wish I had a diagram of the solar system so I could show you, but it's sort of like a, a space in the universe. It's, a, it's empty space, so to speak, but it's where the, the sun and the moon are, are interacting. It's kind of showing like an angle where things are interacting, like a sweet spot, right where energies kind of are pivoting and feeding off each other. Um, takes us back to our kind of maths class, you know, <laughs> mathematics and, and all the rest of it. So the North Nodes, the meaning of the North Nodes is your North Node is a karmic experience or theme that your soul chose for you to really embody in this lifetime because you haven't yet. So it's new karma, it's foreign karma. And the word karma is very misunderstood in mainstream astrology. Karma is the word for experience. It's not good or bad. It's, you know, I think we, we use karma like, oh, you know, you did something bad, so it's going to come back around essentially yes that, that there is some truth in that if if you go through lifetime after lifetime lifetime after lifetime and you're not getting the lessons then life will bring you an experience so that you get the lessons and it might not be that easy but the north node is an experience that the, your soul wants you to embody so for example if the north node is in the fourth house which is a very maternal energy it's traditionally ruled by cancer which is very nurturing energy then you're really being called to be a mother or, or be a bit of a house cat and, you know, make a nice home and, and create this home space for yourself. People who have their North Node in the fourth house are can be terrified of doing that because subconsciously they, their soul hasn't before. So it's frightening for them or a little, I don't know if frightening is the right word, but there can be this kind of subtle background resistance where we can kind of be like, I don't know. I don't know about that. The South Node is the opposite. The South Node is karmic experiences that you have done, that you have mastered, you've nailed them, you've absolutely ticked all boxes in that realm. So it's so a like past zone. lives, right? Like past life. Yes. Yeah. Yes, exactly. So then what can happen is we come into this lifetime as this soul and we turn up in this whole new body. And I know this sounds very woo-woo, but just bear with me, guys. I'm here for it. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> I, I, it's it's the way the world is moving I love it so yeah so when we're there we kind of come in and we're like oh my goodness you know who am I and what am I doing here now and how what's the situation going on and we forget all the things that we discuss prior to coming into this lifetime and so the, the south node energies feel like a comfort zone for us and we tend to naturally gravitate towards our south node wherever that might be so if, for example, someone has their North Node in the, in the fourth house of the maternal energy and being a house cat and creating a nice home and potentially being a mother, their South Node is in the 10th house. It's a very masculine energy of, of career. So they come in and, and they are very career focused and that's their safety zone. They just want to go, go, go and manifest and be in their masculine. Whereas the universe is like, you chose to be in your feminine in this lifetime. So it will start to kind of push you a little to to have these experiences that send you in the direction of the, 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 the North node. And we can be scared of that, you know, cause we get so attached to our comfort zone as human beings. So the universe will give us these experiences and they might feel at the time, like they're bad. That is so not the case. They're just these little, 
um, nudges in the right direction. So for me, my, my North Node is in the first house of South and my South Node is in the seventh house of relationships. So for me, all my relationships were just terrible and I was attracting these really like, oh, just these men that, I mean, now I, I, I probably would not want to be in a room with, but for years I tried and I was essentially just pushing this shit uphill, excuse my language, but it was just this black hole and it just wasn't working out. When I found myself, when I actually tapped into myself and became independent, which was really scary for me to do. And it was kind of what I essentially talked about at the beginning of this reading, but I came out of a relationship and I just was very much on my own. I found my path, all of the goodness, all of the doors started to open up for me because I finally stepped up into my North Node and I was brave enough to face this calling, which is always our North Node, niggling away at me. When the good news is when we actually embody that and embrace that, the universe will reward us with incredible support, whether it comes in money or whether it comes in friends and people coming into your realm to support you. That's what happens when you step up to that karmic challenge of facing and following your North Node, you will be rewarded. And that can essentially, when you do that, open up the South Node again. So I now can have healthy relationships. But until I found myself, it was this black hole of energy. Um, and life was really showing me this is not supposed to be your focus, you know. And, and so for everyone, it's different themes. Um, but I find that to be one of the most interesting things to talk about in a reading because it tends to really resonate, especially if people have their comfort zone and it's just not working out for them and they cannot figure out why. It helps a lot to be like, well, it's because your South Node is here. So let's go this way. Um, it's very insightful when you see someone's North and South Nodes. Yeah, I've been reading up a bit more on this on mine because my North Node is in Capricorn and yeah. I've been learning all about that and it like, correct me if I'm wrong, but it seems like it's like the healing journey and the destiny for me is to come out of being dependent on like yeah. this little family bubble and really being more of like a yeah. trailblazer of my own, you know? Yes, well said. Well like said. When you were just yeah. talking, that was resonating for me so much because I feel like I used to just hang around in Australia in my comfort zone and yeah. I was waiting for like a man to come along and just take care of Thank me. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, I was. Oh, I Years, I did that for so long. I know. Yeah. It's and, and it was yeah. like uh, one day I was, I was in like this kind of comfortable new relationship. It was quite good. But I just was like, I've always wanted to move overseas and I haven't done it because I've been trying to find a boyfriend and I've just been like yeah. myself. And I moved over and within, a, within three months, all my dreams were just falling into my lap. Like, exactly. Exactly. My purpose, like I started my business. I met the person I'm now married to. That's like a completely different relationship. And then so amazing. it's interesting you said how that South Node might open back up because yes. my South Node is cancer. And yeah. I feel like I've opened actually back into being more like feminine and emotional again, but I'm yes. still like doing my thing. 
I love this. And that's the thing. If you had have just stayed in your cancer, never gone out to explore your Capricorn, cancer is this very nurturing energy and it is the mother maternal energy. And essentially, you know, now that you're, you're balancing these two polarities, most likely you will have a family. But if you had have just stayed there and never went out on this journey, it becomes this, this empty energy that is just sort of being sucked away. I like the, the analogy of a black hole. It's just you know, it's all not working out and it seems very untangible and disappointing. Capricorn is the go-getter. Capricorn is about success. The symbol of Capricorn is the goat and a little goat, it teeters out on its journey and it goes out on its own and it walks up, you know, the steepest cliffs and it's very, very ambitious, this little goat. When you look at it, it looks cute and fluffy and, and very innocent and it is. But it's the, the goat is so, so, so strong, actually. So that is you. And you are basically, I like this trailblazer. You're figuring out the path, finding this path, you know, finding your way through, through the tussocks up this very steep mountain. And when you get to the top, you can help others follow you. And, and so that is very much the Capricorn um, meaning and that is your north node and that is what you're doing so you're so in alignment which is why you're, you're feeling like the universe has got your back and it's really supporting you because it's so true the universe always has our back but sometimes if we're not getting the message and if we're going in the wrong direction it will bring experiences to show us don't go that way you know and then sometimes we feel like life is being really tough on us but it is essentially trying to send you in the right direction which you are doing so well done you know I love that you're really in alignment thank you yeah the thing that I find really empowering about this and I mean I could have used a reading from you a long time ago to be honest oh. it would have been <laughs> A lot more I wish I, found, faith. Yeah. Um, I wish I found this for myself years ago too, but anyway. Yeah. <laughs> well, I think what is empowering is that, um, you know, we, you can kind of explain this as well because there are things in the chart called aspects. So yeah. what I found interesting about that was that the chart can almost reflect you like where these challenges are going to lie for you, but also these challenges are part of this bigger journey of finding your destiny, moving into your north yeah. road. Like all of these challenges are here to teach your soul what it came to learn in this lifetime. So exactly. um, what would you say, um, first of all, like, you know, how do these aspects in a chart influence stuff? And then also if someone's listening and they're going through like a really tough time, what kind of um, empowering message could they derive from astrology or having their chart read? Sure. So touching on the aspects thing, it's kind of like, imagine the planets are people, right? Imagine the planets are people. So we have a bunch of different people that have their own strengths, but they also have their own weaknesses as well. Sometimes if you put two planets together, which is, and they're not getting along and they bring their, their weakest traits to the table, if that's what you have in your own chart, then it's sort of showing you what your strengths are not. For example, if someone has Venus, the planet of love, square Neptune, which is like the planet of fog and almost delusion, people can be very delusional in relationships and they, they have a hard time seeing the truth of people and they sort of can be infatuated and um, they need a bit of a reality check and, and that's the honest truth of that aspect. Um, yet, you know, if Jupiter is 
in a nice, beautiful trine with somebody's sun. They're very wise. They're very generous. Jupiter is the planet of expansion and giving and the sun is your personality. So, you know, it's just showing the strengths and the weaknesses of each planet and how they interact with each other. And if you have two planets that don't get along so much, it's just like a teamwork. You want to make sure that you know what everybody's strengths and weaknesses are so we can delegate. So astrology gives us good self-awareness because we can kind of go, okay, my Venus and Neptune are square. I can be quite delusional when I first meet people and I see the best in them and I walk around with rose colored glasses on. And then six months later, I'm, you know, I'm just giving an example, but someone can be really disappointed and they can wonder what they did themselves when they have a reading we talk about this a lot. So then the, the, the message is, okay, take your time getting to know people. Make sure you see the true colors. Don't just jump in head first, rose cutter glasses on, seeing the best in them. Some people are deceptive. That is the truth of it. So then that's one way we can use the aspects to kind of guide people on their traits so that they're aware of them so that they can navigate them with a stronger sense of awareness and clarity. Um, the second, your second question, can you just remind me what that was? Sorry. The so if someone is going through a hard time, how could they use astrology yes. to empower them during their challenge? Sure. So I find the Saturn return to be really hard, honestly. And I think I get a lot of people who are having their Saturn return. Um, for those of you that don't know what that means, it's Saturn is the planet of, of karma. He's kind of like a school principal and he's a bit of a wet blanket because he's not that fun. <laughs> he's not that fun. Um, and it's kind of, it's, it's almost like a handbrake. It can bring delays and frustrations to certain areas of our lives. When we have our Saturn return, it is, it takes Saturn approximately 29, 31 years. For everyone, it's a little different. Sometimes it's even before that. I have mine really early, but it's, it takes that amount of time for Saturn to go all the way around the sky and back into the same degree where he was at the time of your birth. And because that planet represents karmic lessons, and this is you kind of um, reliving stuff from previous lifetimes, and it's sort of the stuff that's not that comfortable. When we have our Saturn return, it all comes up for review. And again, this depends what theme of your chart it's in. If it's in the theme of marriage and relationships, for example, then a divorce can happen. If it's in the theme of self, then you can, you know, um, be, go through a certain period where you don't love yourself and, and you're really hard on yourself. It's, if it's in the, the third house of communication, you don't know how to speak your truth. Your truth is very, very blocked. Um, and when you have your Saturn return, if you're on track, and if you've been doing the work, then life will show you that. So it might bring um, a test or a challenge where you really have to prove that you've got the lesson. If you haven't got the lesson, then you get some tough experiences to teach you the lesson. So um, I find Saturn returns to be one of the hardest transits that people go through. And we, we, have, we tend to have two in our lifetime. If you're really lucky and you live a really long life, to around a hundred, then you have three. But for most <laughs> of us, <laughs> we have one in our late twenties. Um, that's our first one, and then yeah, I get one. a lot of clients at that age. To be honest, yes. having a confidence meltdown. That's it, or or just having a meltdown, going, "What is happening? I was on track, and then all of a sudden, you know, the shit hits the fan." Um, it's all happening for you, not to you. But I do find readings at that specific time are so helpful because you start to see it's only temporary for one, which is a big sense of relief. And then you also start to see what it's teaching you and, and the, the reason why these specific things are happening for you. Um, 
and yeah, so, so that's a big one. The second Saturn return we have is, is generally when we retire, it's around 65. So there's no sort of, there's no coincidences there. That's when we change our entire lifestyle generally and, and everything shifts. First Saturn return, same thing. Your reality changes and it all comes up for review and it can be very confronting. Um, other, you know, we're always going through something because that's a human journey. That's the other thing. Life is never perfect and rosy and rainbows. Every single one of us is always working through something. Sometimes are much easier than others. Um, but I do think when you're present to that and aware and accepting of the fact that this is the human journey and seeing it for a lesson and trying to live in a space of, of gratitude and presence most of the time, then we can sail on through it and we're okay. And we feel that we can trust the universe and, and trust how things are unfolding. So astrology helps with that too, because first of all, whatever you're going through will be confirmed in your chart. So you're not, you're going to know you're not going crazy because I can see it. So then people go, that is happening. Oh my goodness. Wow. <laughs> okay. I'm not losing my mind. This is all sort of unfolding as it's supposed to. And then that brings on a sense of trust in the universal plan and the divine plan. And when we can trust that life is working for you, not to you, it just makes our journey so much more comfortable. We can kind of take our hands off the wheel for a second and God, the universe or whoever, whatever you, whatever term you use can take the wheel. Um, we can relax a little bit and enjoy the journey and take some pictures and see the view and, and life is the journey. You know, when we get to the destination, we tap out it, the journey is life. So taking our hands off the wheel sometimes is actually a very good thing to do. <laughs> I love that. And it's helping me actually because my Saturn returns coming up. So yeah. oh. uh, so I, I think it's cool though, because I'm almost like, I'm almost excited for it to happen, which yeah. is really messed up, but I'm it doesn't no. is to be like, okay, well, what is it going to be? What is this test? Yeah. Um, yeah. Because I like, I definitely believe now, like, um, you know, challenges are so good for us. I think that, yeah we get the best lessons through the challenges. Like when things Amen. are peachy, that's great. But like you really get those like divine soul lessons when you're going through a hard time. So I'm, so I'm keen to see what this test is for me next year. Um, yeah, I, me too. I think because you're already someone who's doing the work on herself and you're quite a conscious person, then that's going to assist you so much because you know, when we have our Saturn return, if we're not in alignment, we get shown why. If we're in alignment, actually some pretty cool opportunities can open up. It's usually big change though. And change can be quite sort of a little nerve wracking. So some mm -hmm. changes are probably on the horizon, but they're, they're going to be good ones. Um, they always yeah. are. They always are. So yeah, we're going to have to reconnect in, in May and, and see how it's all unfolding. Yeah, I know. And you plus two other psychics have all said that I'm having a baby next year. And Wow. I was trying to remember actually what I saw for you. Well, that's a big change. So there you go. <laughs> yeah, well, we'll see. We'll see. How exciting. How exciting. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So hopefully that's not the test. Hopefully that's just a nice experience if that happens. But we'll Babes, I think any first-time mother is going to tell you that's a test. <laughs> <laughs> in the best way, in the best way. But, yeah, you know, I mean, it will be a big, big transition, the most beautiful transition, but certainly a big transition. 
Totally, totally. Awesome. Um, so something that one of my uh, people in my audience asked was, how can you, uh, how did they say it? They were like, how can you lessen the resistance and move towards your North node? Basically asking, I guess, like, how can you speed up that process of realizing that destiny and make it easier for yourself? you have to push yourself out of your comfort zone. The South Node is our comfort zone. The North Node is not. It's it's a new karma, new lessons. So to speed up the process, we have to be very honest with ourselves and very authentic, very brave, very bold, and be willing to step away from our comfort zone. And sometimes that's every single thing that you know. You have to let go of your entire identity, which can be frightening for a lot of people. We grow up in a society that encourages us in a lot of ways to form this identity. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, society even tells us what our personality should be like. And as women, we're sort of dictated to, to specific ways we're supposed to live. And as men, same thing. So you have to let go of all of that. And when you've had layer upon layer upon layer of heavy conditioning around staying in your comfort zone and being a certain way, that can be quite daunting because you're going against the grain and you have to be willing to be judged or... Um, you know, your family might not be happy with your choices. You might not be people pleasing. You might, people might not be very pleased with you at all, but it's rising above that and following that little inner voice that goes, I really want you to come this way. I love that. I love yeah. that. So before I ever heard about you know, astrology, other than obviously knowing my sun sign, I'd hear people say, oh, I've got like houses in this and houses in that. Yeah. <laughs> kind of um, explain, obviously, because we're not looking at what a chart looks like on this podcast. So sure. the way I kind of think of it is like, it's like this big circle almost that looks like a pizza. And then the yes. little pieces of the pizza are the 12 houses, right? Is it yes, that's exactly it. Yeah, there is. And that's, that's actually also how I explain it. It's like each house is a slice of pizza and each slice of pizza in this pizza is a different flavor. So imagine you had a big pizza with all these different flavors. So, you know, you're kind of working your way through each slice, looking at what's going on um, and it's different themes. So the first house is the house of self. It's the house of your body. The fifth house is the house of um, your hobbies, what you like to do. Seventh house is marriage. Tenth house is career. So each house has its own meaning, its own theme. And when we do a chart reading, we look at the planets that are sitting there and what those planets are bringing to the table and what flavors they are essentially um, contributing. And then we look at the zodiac sign in that slice as well, in that slice of pizza. So there's a lot to talk about. I find it really hard to condense my readings into an hour. I always go over time because um, you could essentially break it down for a whole day. But I try to see the things that are the most prominent and then discuss those. Yeah. For sure. And I found it so interesting how, you know, there was even, um, we were talking about money and yeah. like luck in that area. Then there was, um, you know, energy coming through in the underworld, which was yep. like, it, you knew everything about me. I was like, have you been following me? You know, how do you know? <laughs> it was amazing that it was like, yeah. those things were literally reflected in the chart. It's all there. Yeah, you can see people who have been through abuse. You can see it in the chat. Um, 
everything. You can see siblings a lot of the time. Also, sometimes if there's nothing in that house, nothing in that energy, that it's showing it's a free-flowing energy. And it's something that just kind of happens quite organically and naturally for you in this lifetime. There's no blocks there and you don't tend to focus on it too much. So people, for example, who have nothing in the second house and money, it can just sort of come come on in through it for them and they always find their feet with it. So there's so many different meanings and it does take a lot of time to break down. I do find, you know, there's so many apps and things now and people sort of, they, they, they get online and they, they get this sort of guidance around their chart, which is so great, but it's so, it's such a basic um, sort of snapshot. Whereas there's so much and so many layers going on here. And um, yeah, like I said, it could take a whole day <laughs> sometimes, yeah. but I try to just kind of condense it to an hour. Yeah, for sure. Every now and then I will read something from someone that will say that they don't resonate with their sign. Do you think that that is because they're like just looking at their sun sign and would a deeper reading give them maybe more of that reflection? Like what's that about? Yeah. So the sun represents our personality and our ego and it's kind of that conditioned identity that we form in this life. But you know, I have many clients that might have their son, let's say they have their son in Pisces, for example, but then they have their Mars, their Venus, their moon, their rising and Aries. Aries and Pisces are totally different energies. And if you, in astrology, we call this a stellium. If you have like a cluster of planets, three or more in one area, it's a stellium. And that magnifies that energy and all those planets feed and bounce off each other. So this person would have a lot more Aries characteristics than their Pisces sun, which would mean they would probably resonate a lot more with, with Aries. And, and Aries and Pisces couldn't be more different energies. They're very, very different. So that is one that can happen sometimes where someone is kind of like, well, my son's in Pisces and I'm supposed to be someone that's hypersensitive and very emotional, yet actually I'm a go-getter and I'm really brave and really courageous and quite masculine. The chart will sort of show you if you do have an extensive amount of energy in a different sign and, and that can kind of help to explain if you're not connecting with your with your zodiac sign. The other thing I want to mention though is these days in mainstream astrology with horoscopes, they are just focusing on your sun. Um, and it's, you know, we're all extremely unique people. So that means one in 12 people are going to resonate with that horoscope. And honestly, I find it's, it's, it's very, it's almost for entertainment purposes. And some of it might sort of touch you a little bit, but ultimately it's, that's a very, very surface level um, way of, of tapping into astrology. So it may resonate. And if it does, that's excellent, but there's so much more going on underneath just that, that sort of sun sign horoscope. Yeah, for sure. Great point. And how about people who are on the cusp? Um, like, do they have to choose or, you know, what, what does uh, yeah. that mean? So I tend to, I tend to think we're not really on the cusp. I tend to, you know, the, 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 the sign has given us dates for a reason. So if it's ends it on the 22nd and one sign and starts on the 23rd, for the next sign, if someone's born on the 23rd, I will put them in that next sign. And if they're born on the 22nd, I'll put them in their previous sign. And yeah, I think I understand why people get confused around that because it's, it can be so close, but you are what you are. You really are what you are. And that's why astrologers have, have given it. If it finishes on the 22nd, then it's the 22nd. You're still, <laughs> you're still in that bracket. You're still that sign. However, 
what I will say is often around the sun, Mercury and Venus, for example, they don't stray too far from the sun. They're always quite close to the sun. So it's very common that they will be in that next sign. Um, so then those character traits, you're really going to feel those character traits of that following sign. So you can feel like you're a blend of, of both of those energies because you are, but it's different planets. So it's different facets of your being rather than your personality. Mm -hmm. Got it. Awesome. Uh, switching gears for a second, let's talk about yes. Mercury retrograde. I think sure. like lots of people throw the term around, but they don't really know fully what it means and maybe they don't want to ask. And then I've also got <laughs> friends who are like, oh yeah, whatever, Amy, Mercury retrograde, you're so like fucking spiritual and weird. Um, and, then, <laughs> and then their laptop will break and they'll go, oh, it was Mercury retrograde. Now I <laughs> what is yeah. Mercury retrograde? What does that mean? And how does it influence us? So Mercury in astrology represents the planet of communication. Um, and that's, a, you know, there's many branches that come off that tree, but it can be conversations. It can be transportation, trying to get from A to B. It can be technology, which is the tools that we use to communicate with each other. So Mercury is the planet that represents those things in astrology. And retrograde means he stops his forward motion and it appears as if he's going backwards because everything else is moving forward. So for a certain period of time, that energy just stops. And therefore, the themes of life that Mercury rules can go a little funky and things can go haywire. Um, I always, always feel the impacts of Mercury retrograde really strongly. I have him quite strongly placed in my chart. So um, yeah, yeah, the last one I did have to invest in a new computer and a new phone, which was just, I mean, I was just laughing my way through it because it was so predictable. <laughs> But, you know, one big one, I think it was this year, um, we had a huge Mercury retrograde, which was in Gemini, which is the sign of communications. And that was when Instagram and Facebook crashed. And, you know, you could really witness this on, a, on an international level. And astrologers were just kind of like, well, yeah, we, we said. We <laughs> told <know>? you. <laughs> yeah. Um, and it depends on the sign. <clears throat> Excuse me. It depends on the sign. The last one that we had was in Scorpio. Scorpio is the essentially the sign of trauma. <laughs> it's the sign of um, of our deep emotional lessons that we're working through. It's the sign of sex and death, and um, therefore that specific Mercury retrograde can bring up feelings around things that we've sort of survived. We can really feel like we're focusing on it, thinking about it a little bit more. Um, Scorpio is also about other people's money so it can be mean like you know and that can be banks so you can lose your bank card or it can get sucked into an ATM um, there can be issues with that for every person we need to see where it's happening in their chart as well but uh, it's it's usually quite a intense few weeks good things that it's it's always temporary and Mercury starts to move forward again so mm -hmm. yes and it's just part of life and we have a few of them a year um, but the last one, oh, it really impacted me a lot. It impacted my client sessions, you know, and my Wi-Fi wasn't working and I just had to surrender to the process and know that it was just a temporary moment in time. Yeah, for sure. I think when you have that awareness, so it's almost again, like a bit comforting because you're like, okay, it's going to pass. It's not like a forever thing. It's just, yeah, okay, we've got to survive these few weeks. Yeah. <laughs> I tell you what, emails just always go missing for me during Mercury Retrograde. Like ah. I'll send an email, just 
not be there in my send items and the person never receives it. And it's like, oh, yeah. That's frustrating. Yeah, so many different things like that where payments can go missing and all sorts of things. So I'm quite relieved that we're out of the last one, to be honest. (laughs) Do you know when the next one is? It is. I think it's in about May next year. I need to double check the dates. So... Yes, I will make sure I let you know so we can all be prepared. Oh, great. That's during my Saturn return. <laughs> yeah, there you go. That'll be hey. fun. <laughs> Good times. Oh, oh, my gosh. Amazing. So do you believe then that our fate and our destiny is written in the stars? And where does free will come into this? I really do believe that our fate and our free will is written in the stars. Um but it's energies, it's themes and energies. So you can still have the awareness to navigate them as you wish. The thing is, when we look at a chart, we can generally see what you wish. So they all come into alignment. So your, your free will is kind of your compass and it's what's helping you navigate these experiences that you chose, which is I want to have this experience or I don't want to have this experience. And in a chart, you can see someone's personality traits and you can see decisions that they would be inclined to make um so those two realities exist together you do have free will and follow your free will please follow your heart follow your free will your destiny is there waiting for you and it is your free will (laughs) so both truths are essentially it's a yes to both which our human brains have a hard time digesting sometimes amazing i love it I love it. It it can be both. It's like your path is there. You've got that support, but also you've got the current moment to make the decision that feels good for you. Totally. And your free will is what will get you on that path. You making those decisions that feel good for you is what will get you on that path to your destiny. So following your heart, you know, it's such a cliche, but it is just so true. Hmm. So a bit of a fun question. How would you describe all of the signs in one word? Oh, good grief. Uh, (laughs) All all the 12 signs in one word. Um, I mean, they're each, I would say they're they're very authentic. Each sign is is authentic to itself. So they're all authentic in their own way. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So... um, a word for each individual sign. Oh, sorry. I see what you mean. Um, okay. Well, I would say Aries is very dynamic. Taurus is very grounded. Gemini is chatty. <laughs> my Gemini clients. I could say multi-personality, but I don't want to offend <laughs> I love my Gemini clients. They love to have a good conversation. Mm-hmm. Um, cancer is very nurturing. Leo is extremely expressive. Virgo is a perfectionist. Libra is all about beauty. Scorpio is all about sex and depth. Sagittarius is the philosopher. Um, I would probably say expansion for Sagittarius. They want to expand. That can be the Sagittarius word. Capricorn is ambition. Aquarius is the non-conformist. And Pisces would be sensitive, very sensitive, sensitivity. 
Uh, amazing. It's hilarious because my dad and my stepdad are both Pisces, but they have these yeah. manly masks on. Like my dad's like, oh, they're so oh. soft inside. <laughs> <laughs> yeah I can see through it but it's like interesting that they have that like outside layer to them but I know I know astrology tells me I'm like I know what's going on guys I know exactly (laughs) (laughs) oh beautiful my brother's a Pisces and he's got lots of planets in Capricorn so you know it's like we discussed earlier he has many many of his energies in Capricorn so he comes across a very ambitious hardworking person Mm-hmm. Um, very career driven and he is but if you catch him at the right moment he'll cry at a Christmas movie or you know be that that very sensitive soul inside so it's mm-hmm. so interesting how all they all their different energies blend mm, for sure for sure and just to kind of wrap things up do you feel like there are self-defeating tendencies for each of the types or like downfalls that each sort of type has to watch out for or be mindful of? Oh, there totally is. There totally is. I mean, you know, we all are a recipe of strengths and weaknesses. We all have our blind spots. We're not perfect. So each chart will show, will show where someone's, you know, um, difficulties lie, but for example, Libra people, I'm a Libra, we, we like to keep the peace so we can be very people pleasing. And it took me a while to kind of go have the self-awareness to, to watch that and keep tabs on that myself. Um, you know, each sign has their own thing, has their own thing. Virgo people can be too self-sacrificing, um, give too much and not so much to please people, but they're just naturally wanting to be of service. And so they can attract people that take advantage of that. Taurus people can be very stubborn. It's the bull, you know, and they can have a hard time opening their mind. So each sign does have its own, its own stuff going on for sure. For sure. Yeah, for sure. My husband's Libra as well. And I read this funny meme to him the other day and it was like worst nightmares of all the types. And for Libra, it was like (laughs) when two of your best friends have parties on the same night. They just come home and be like, oh my God, these two things are on the same night. Like, what am I gonna do? I was like, well, then we can't please everyone, can we? Yeah, it really is. That's so funny. That's so true. Oh, amazing. Awesome. Um, so, I mean, to anyone listening who's been fascinated by this, I mean, I would highly recommend to have a reading with you. Where can our listeners find out more about you and um, connect with you and contact you? Sure. So I am a very simple person. I'm not spread across many platforms. Um, I use Instagram. My Instagram handle is she sees the stars. So people can follow me on Instagram. And if they want a reading, they can message me there and we can book you in for a video call. I live in Bali, but the majority of my readings are done online, just like you and me are doing right now. So we usually do a video call and I'll bring up their chat and sort of sit with you online and actually show you where everything is placed. Um, yeah, and it's, it's just a really very insightful experience. And if you are having your session return or you're going through a hard time, I'm here to assure you it's only temporary. It will pass. And on the other side of this is a lot of light and a lot of clarity. So hang on in there, guys. It's, it's actually, as far as astrology goes, it's quite a pivotal time because there's lots of, of 
activity in the sky at the moment. Lots of big transits, lots of big things happening that are really calling us to let go of what's not serving us and step up into our, our truest self. And everyone's being challenged to do that. And it can feel challenging. So hang on in there. You know, on the other side of this, in a few years, I think we, our society would have shifted and changed a lot. So mm-hmm. yeah, it's interesting. Yeah, I think big things are coming for people definitely yes. next year. Amen. Amen. 2020 is a pivotal moment for all of us. 2021, 2022, we're going to start to move into a slightly different society. It's a little bit more conscious. Um, 2020 is just kind of wrapping it all up. So we're going to see things happening in politics. Um, Lots of secrets are going to be coming out in the media, which is already starting to happen. This is going to continue. And then collectively, as people are going to band together and sort of say, we're fed up with some systems and we want to move towards a different reality. And in 2021, the seeds of that will start to be planted. So it's a great time to be alive. Lots going on. Mm, Feminine rising too, right? Yes. Amen to that. And interestingly, the last full moon we just had, it was in conjunction with a fixed start, which is all about like the female warrior. So that movement will definitely continue. And we're moving into a space that's more equal, moving into more equality. Um, People that have been disrespecting you know, um, others or, or living from more of a controlling narcissistic mindset, focusing on the wrong things will definitely get some karmic, um, lessons coming through and, and the universe is trying to restore some balance, which is, it's exciting. It's so time, it's time for balance. And we've come a really long way. We live in a much more balanced society than a hundred years ago. And, you know, I think a hundred years ago that people would be so happy to live to see us living here now in cultures where everyone's far more accepted and people can live their true selves without so much judgment. And some cultures and countries are more um, open-minded than others, but we are, we have been moving in a healthier direction and that is going to continue. We certainly have a long way to go, but the momentum is continuing. And um, I love that. Mm, me too me too well sarah it's been amazing to talk to you i'm going to see you in may on my retreat yes so exciting Um, doing an amazing astrology and moon workshop on my bali retreat so i'm excited to see you then and um babes yeah for anyone who wants to join us um i'll leave links obviously to sarah's page and to the retreat for next year Um, But it's been amazing to talk to you and such an insightful, juicy episode. So thank you so much. Bless you. My pleasure, Beauty. I love connecting with you. And it's just so nice to see you doing what you do so well. So have a beautiful Christmas and New Year. And I cannot wait to see you in May. Yay, sounds good. Thank you so much for tuning in. I hope this episode ignited you, expanded you, and enriched your heart, your mind, your life in some way. If it did, reach out on Instagram. My handle is this is Amy Rushworth, or you can head over to my website for all my courses, retreats, and magical offerings at amyrushworth.com. If the show feels like a vibe for you, make sure you subscribe. And if you have 60 seconds to rate and review, or even to just share the show with a friend, I would be so, so, so grateful. And it helps more amazing, beautiful people like you to discover this show and to improve their lives for the better. Stay tuned for the next episode. And until then, I'm sending you strength, grace, 
ferocious courage and a friendly reminder to always love yourself fiercely and to go out there and live your most unapologetic life.